0: I'm I'm so grateful for this opportunity to speak to you guys. You know, it's interesting as we sang the song, Where Can I Turn for Peace? We were at a meeting last night with um, our ward and also a temple sealer. And he said something really interesting. He asked, like, what's, you know, what is the greatest gift that Heavenly Father can give us? And I said, exaltation. And he's like, yes, and peace on earth, like peace while we're on this earth. I think especially being a single can be so challenging in the church. And I think plenty of people just don't get us. Like they just don't, you know, unless you've actually been a single a long like past the age of 25, you don't understand unless you've been past the age of, you know, 30 or so you like, you still don't understand. And we can't really understand where somebody's been unless we walk in their shoes. And it's so cool to
1: know that the savior has walked in each and every one of your shoes, every one of your shoes. I had a, I had a beautiful experience this morning at church when we were sitting
0: there, and I, and it was during the sacrament. And I looked up and I saw one sister, and she was leaning over on another sister, and even leaning her head into her and just holding her as she was kind of crying. I don't know what that was about. I have no idea why that sister was crying what i do know is in that moment i saw this tenderness this beautifulness and that's in that same way the savior puts his arm around us every time through every hard experience through every challenge tonight you're going to hear me talk about being single in a totally different way but i also want you to know that i have been there plenty of that frustration that upset that sadness I remember one particular experience that I was talking to my dad and I'm like, you know, when's, when's it going to be my turn? And that kind of, yeah, like it's, it's just amazing
1: that our life just doesn't exactly go as we want it to. It actually goes better than we want it to, but it's only once we figure out how everything works
0: that things really move in that direction. But I, I want you to know again that your Heavenly Father and your Savior love you so much. Sometimes it can feel really hard and lonely being single, and they are always there for you, no matter how you are feeling. Every one particular experience that I had when I'd broke broken up with this girl that we weren't even really dating but you guys know how it goes you can, you get kind of excited about the, the prospect the opportunity the experience and all that stuff and you know and it didn't and it didn't go very well and i was having a really rough time and there was one night that i just said this prayer or maybe even morning i don't remember exactly what what it was but and i just felt that i felt that the savior just wrapping
1: his arms around me that comforter like feeling, and you know, it was incredible. You know, and and I think more than anything, Heavenly Father and the Savior want us to know that we're okay. And sometimes we miss that. You know, and I pray that the spirit
0: will be here with each of you today. I, I pray that it will be here, that it will um, that it will share with you the message that it has for you. And it's interesting, even on my podcast, the way I run it. I sit down with my mic, I say whatever Heavenly Father brings to mind, and then I call it good. I mean, he, he pretty much calls it good. He's like, all right, we're done. <laughs> like, that's that's kind of how it works. But we all have that. Like, we all have that ability to listen to the Spirit all the time. There's, there's a beautiful, so you guys going to have to bear with me because I'm not actually, nor- I don't usually use notes. I actually normally just do this from, like, the hip. But I, for whatever reason, I decided to, to, to try to do notes. So I'm trying to do like a hybrid, um, so, so bear with me. But there's, there's a beautiful uh, Hindu legend. It says there was once a time when all human beings were gods, but they so abused their divinity that Brahma, the chief god, decided to take it away from them and hide it where it could never be found. Where to hide their divinity was the question. So Brahma called a council of the gods to help him decide. Let's bury it deep in the earth, said the gods. But Brahma answered, no, that will not do, because humans will dig into the earth and find it. Then the gods said, let's sink it in the deepest ocean. But Brahma said, no, not there. For humans are explorers. And they will learn to dive into the ocean and will find it. Then the gods said, let's take it to the top of the highest mountain and hide it there. But once again, Brahma replied, no, that will not do either. Because they will eventually climb every mountain and once again take up their divinity. And the gods gave up and said, we do not know where to hide it. Because it seems that there is no place on earth or in the sea that human beings will not eventually reach. Rama thought for a long time and then said, here is what we will do. We will hide their divinity deep in the center of their own being, for humans will never think to look for it there. All the gods agreed that this was the perfect hiding place and the deed was done. And since that time, humans have been going up and down the earth, digging, diving, climbing and exploring, searching for something already within, within themselves. And for a long time, that was me. I I mean, I knew from the age of 18 that I was going to be a coach. And, you know, I I just knew that. Like, I knew I was going to be a coach. But I didn't know how to do it. And so I I tried all the efforting I could possibly manage. I I listened to countless programs. You know, I I went through countless um,
1: modules, training courses, you name it. Try to find myself. And you know what I found it? I found that I was efforting so much, and I was efforting way too hard.
0: Because Heavenly Father, the same way that this that this um parable rhyme whatever it's called, talks about, He has already given us the secret to happiness. And the secret to happiness is to to hear and hearken to the Spirit. You know, the Lord has an individual plan for each of us. As we hear and hearken to the word of the Lord, and heed not the advers- adversary, we will find it. You know, as for me, like, there was no cookie-cutter pu- cookie plan. I-, I like to joke that, you know, I, I didn't get the cookie-cutter plan. I got the Frodo Baggins type of adventure. Everyone else is, you know, living on their merry way down in Hobbiton or whatever they call that place down there. And, I mean, the hobbits, they were, they were adverse to adventure. They didn't want adventure. They, they, and anytime anyone else went on an adventure, they'd be like, oh my goodness, what are you doing? Well, yeah, sometimes we don't get to pick the cookie cutter adventure. We don't have the, have the wife and kids and all that stuff to stay home to.
1: You know, in the same way that I got a Frodo Baggins-type adventure, so did you. And there's been countless people through
0: history that have had this. And one of the examples that I use quite often is that of Joseph of Egypt. Here was this guy that was so righteous. Now now that I look back, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I actually, when I was younger, some people would have considered me fairly self-righteous. I didn't mean to. It's just that was the way that I just kind of was, and then life kind of happens, and you realize that life's not always perfect, and full of rainbows, and unicorns, and all that stuff, and you understand, and you realize why some people act so human, because they are, and, and Joseph of Egypt was no different. If you've seen the the video, um, what's it called? It's called Joseph, King of Dreams, by, I think it's DreamWorks that did it. It's fascinating and beautiful, but there's a song in there that says, you know better than I. And what he was really saying in that song, in this particular moment, he felt every part of happiness had been taken away from him. You know, even in the video, it shows, it shows uh, his, and his girl that he was interested in uh, bringing him food and bringing it in a basket. And instead it crashes to the floor and all the rats come in and they scurry around and they take it all. And sometimes that's how we feel. I gonna have had experiences even in my professional life where you feel like you've made it and you feel like you're just, you know, you're, you're just, Oh, this is it. And then in ways that are just crazy, it's taken away from you. You know I mean? I had, I had one experience where this guy offered to pay me quite a bit of money to coach him. And then after like a week or two, he sent me this message, this email, he didn't even call me. He just sent me this email and he's like, Hey, I've decided not to go forward. And by the way, the check's already in the mail. So can you just rip it up when it gets there? <laughs> I mean, I, was, I, I wasn't laughing at the time because each of us have that experience. Like we think it's about to break through. We think our lives about to break through and then it doesn't for whatever reason, or we don't think it does. You know, the funny thing about all of that is just how much life works out. Sometimes we're, so, sometimes we're so worried about our suffering that we're facing, kind of like um, when the apostles were in the boat with the Savior. And he's there, he's sleeping on a pillow in the middle of a storm. Well, he's the ruler of all storms. And he, and he tells them even basically like, why'd you guys wake me up? <laughs> it's just a storm. When we focus more on the Savior and less on the storm, our life works out. I mentioned briefly that experience that I had where I felt the Savior's arms just wrap around me. And, you know, but at that time, I, you know, I wasn't reading my scriptures every day. Heavenly Father was not the center of my life. When that girl fell out, it was super hard. There was another time that another girl that I was super close to fell out of my life, but Heavenly Father had become the center of my life. And so it was okay. It still hurt. Just, just because we follow the commandments, just because we do what we're supposed to do, doesn't mean it's not going to hurt at times. It's, we're, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. That's just part of life.
1: But it hurts so much less because she wasn't my center. And you know, so Joseph of Egypt, he, he didn't really do anything wrong except be a righteous guy. And
0: for that, he got 13 years in captivity. But at the same time, he says something really profound to his brothers when they, come, when they come back and find him. He says, it wasn't you that sent me to Egypt. It was God. God sent him to Egypt to save all of Egypt and all the lands around about. If Joseph never goes to that place, they all die. I mean,
1: well, Heavenly Father might have created another, another path because that's what he usually does. They might have all died. You know, and, and for so long, like, I felt that I
0: wasn't okay. Remember, so for when I was 21, I really did. I wanted to, you
1: know,
0: as, the, as my, my bio said, like, I wanted to be married. I just wanted to take that next step, not only in my human progression, but also in my eternal progression. And it just wasn't happening just wasn't happening, wasn't happening, wasn't happening. And after a while, I mean, especially, you know, Brigham Young said, after 24, we're a menace to society. I can't even imagine what he'd say about a 36-year-old. Oh, my goodness. But, like, we hear all these things and all these well-meaning people are like, well, you're not trying hard enough. You got to get out there more. I actually disagree with most of that advice because we just have to follow the Spirit. And sometimes the spirit isn't telling us to go on every single random date that somebody is trying to get us to go on. It's trying to get us to be still. So I was going frantic, trying to figure out what was wrong with me. Like I just always had this edge, even when I'd go on dates and just everything was just felt a little bit off. And then Heavenly Father brought the most amazing mentor into my life. Oddly enough, he's not even religious. But since I started studying with him three and a half years ago, my entire life has changed.
1: And I mean, even the circumstances like Heavenly Father is putting those people in your path that you need. And ironically,
0: I'd met with another person that sent me this guy's book in an email in 2013 that I just never picked up. And and then Three and a half years ago or thereabouts, I was just watching videos of another coach on YouTube, and on the side, there was a video called An End to Stress, and I was like, I'm feeling a bit stressed right now. Let's, let's check this guy out, and I couldn't take my eyes off of him. But he was so happy. He was just so over the, over the moon happy all the time, and you can't fake that. You can't fake genuine happy. And so in that moment, I I actually reached out to him and I emailed or I contacted him on his website. And his gatekeepers responded back. And at the time, I was like, oh, my goodness, if this guy's got gatekeepers, there's no way in the world I can afford to work with him. See, I mean, here it was. Heavenly Father saying, hey, you got to work with this guy. And I wouldn't even send send another email. It's like, oh, gatekeeper, not happening. And that's what we do sometimes because we're like, I don't know how to get past that. What Heavenly Father does he knows your path and he has all the mentors and everything in your life that you need to get to the next part of your journey well funny enough you know heavenly father just allowed this guy to email me personally from his own email a couple weeks later we ended up meeting a few times and in one of those meetings we were talking and I told him I was like Michael I just feel like one of the times you asked me what I wanted and I said, I want, to make, I want to make X amount of money. I want to be married to the girl of my dreams. Um, I can't remember all the things I said, but one of the ones I do remember that I said, I want to be okay, Michael. I, I just want to be okay. I, I just had that edge. I had that just nagging feeling that I wasn't okay. And for whatever reason in that moment, I, I shared kind of just, well, sometimes I, I coach and then I, I go in the other room and I play Xbox. And he did something that was so profound that's going to sound kind of silly, but for me, it was very profound. He reached over to the side of his computer, and he, and he brought out a video game. And he's like, Joseph, what's the big deal? I'm going to be playing this later. Now, at the time, it didn't dawn on me this guy was like 50-something years old. It was just
1: like, oh, this world-class coach can enjoy a video game. And I'm like, oh, so can I. And so it gave me permission to be myself.
0: And, you know, I don't don't play tons and tons, but I enjoy it every, you know, every day, just playing a little bit. But he gave me permission to be me, where so many people are like, no, you can't do this. No, you can't do this. No, you can't do this. And like I said, it didn't even dawn on me that the guy was 50-something years old and still playing video games, which, hey, no judgment. But, But it was so powerful. And it was almost like, Glass was broken in my mind, and I could never see that again, the same. And then the other thing he did for me was, for so long, I just, I felt I couldn't be happy unless I was, unless I was married. I mean, that's what we're taught. Like, we, we live in a married world as singles. We just do. And everybody else tries to do the best they can with us. But, I mean, there's reminders everywhere. I mean, even at Costco, everything comes in packs of two. Like, it's everywhere.
1: But when we understand, like, when I started to understand, it wasn't the fact that I wasn't married that was keeping me unhappy. It was simply the thought that I held that I had to be married in order to be happy.
0: And then I was okay. And then since then, I've just become different levels of okay. Like, there's a cool quote. I don't remember who said it, but it's, you're always halfway up the ladder of enlightenment. And it's so true, especially with this this eternal progression we have. We're always halfway up. We're never to the top of the ladder. So why do we have to pretend like we are? Why do we have to pretend like we're trying
1: so incredibly hard? We don't. Sorry. You're okay as you are. And if nobody's ever told you that before,
0: <clears throat> you're okay as you are. Everything about you. You can change. You can make you can make the improvements in your life regardless of you know whether you're in the best shape of your life or whether you're in the worst shape of your life, heavenly father loves you the exact same. I've been in the best shape of my life and I've been in the not so best shape of my life. And actually, I was more insecure when I was in the best shape of my life than I was when I was in not so good shape. Because now I understand things differently. Now I understand a little bit more how it works. You know, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. And part of that as humans is we think. But we don't really control our thoughts. It's like if I ask you to not think of a blue elephant, you can't not not think of a blue elephant you think of a blue elephant and every single day we have you know I have this analogy of this train station of thought and we have millions of trains of thought coming through this station
1: all the time but it's only the things that move you emotionally that get to you if you just observe things almost even keel you're fine but it's, it's
0: the thoughts of, oh, my goodness, I'm not married, and I'm X, X amount of years old. You know, if you look over and you're like, oh, my wall's white. Okay, cool. Like, we don't care about that thought. But if we're trying to avoid something, it always comes back. It's like if you're trying to, if you try really, really hard to stay awake, you fall asleep. If you try really, really hard to fall asleep, you stay awake. And that's how it is with us. Whereas if we can just remain even kill. and I think the savior was an excellent example of this. He was fairly even kill most of the time. I mean, I love the video series, The Chosen. If you haven't watched it, I highly recommend it because it shows the humanness of the savior. And I think that's so important when we beat ourselves up with the stick called perfection all the time.
1: Let yourself be happy. It, it
0: says in, in Second Nephi two twenty seven, men are that they might have joy. It's essentially a commandment that you have joy. So if you're not perfect, it's okay. God did not ask you to be perfect today. But you know, as I was staying with this train station of thought, all these trains of thought are coming through your head, but you stop the ones that you don't want in, as opposed to just letting them go. And we all know from playing that little game where, where you know you drink outside of the hose. When you're outside playing street hockey, and uh, you know, like we know, if you put your thumb on it, what happens? It increases the stream, it increases the pressure. Whereas if you just let it flow, it's fine. The same with you. And when you're trying not to think about certain things, you're just giving those thoughts more strength. So it's it's almost like we're you know we have these trains of thought coming in, and we're like we we jump out in front of them. We're like, stop! Tell me where you're going why are you here? Why am I having this thought? Well, many of the thoughts that you have, you have because you're human. My, my bishop said it so beautifully the other day when he was talking about something. He said, it's not up to us what thoughts come in our head. If we can influence those
1: definitely, but if we let them nest, so we, if we let them build that nest, that is up to us. You know, so, so how does our individual path work? The way
0: that I kind of see it is DNC 111.11, which if you're a numbers person, like 111 and 11 are both super important numbers in the world. And I'm kind of a numbers person, at least a little bit. And he put the scripture there, kind of like he put that, that in the center of our, our hearts, like our inner, our, uh, the spirit. He says, I will order all things for your good as fast as you're able to receive them. The Lord is waiting for us to be ready, but he waits calmly and patiently
1: us you know I think our mission is wired deep inside of us the same way as our divinity
0: and and maybe that's not true maybe my experience isn't true for everybody that's okay but as I see more and more clearly I knew since I was 18 years old I would be coaching but we all have our agency and I didn't use that agency very well you know i i didn't know what to do i mean even when i got back from my mission i felt you know prompted to get back into coaching and it's and and my aunt was going through a coaching training program and so i went through that one it was awesome then it's like okay now what i'm 23 years old who in the world is going to listen to me and instead of asking heavenly father for his help and turning to
1: him and saying father here am i send me wherever you want me to take this skill and go I did the opposite.
0: You know, everyone, is t- everyone around me was telling me, go to school. So I went to school. I went and got a degree at BYU. And you know what happened after I got my degree? I felt strongly I had to come back to Arizona, even though I had, there was a potential job offer in Utah that I actually wanted. But I came back to Arizona, and I sat on my bed, and I played Xbox and watched way too much Netflix.
1: Why? Because I didn't know how to do it. And maybe I wasn't willing to turn to heavenly father. And so he just waited there
0: calmly and patiently, calmly and patiently knowing that it was much more
1: important for me to figure this out. And for me to make a choice of my own free will and for him to give it to me.
0: And and at the same time, it was crazy because I remember there's a really cool song. It's from the old uh, church musical called star child. And it's like, Um, what is my mission in life? So I'd sing this at the top of my lungs wondering, and the entire time it was as if there was a stray dog following me around. My mission was following me around like a stray dog, because that entire time I went to BYU, I still, every single chance I got the opportunity to do my own project, it was about coaching. Almost always. It was almost always about coaching. But sometimes the obvious is so hard to see. It's like you're looking for the salt in the cupboard and it's like right in front of you. You're like, where's the salt? I can't find it. And the more you say you can't find it, the more you can't see it when it's right in front of you. And then eventually it occurs to us. And if you've heard of Joan and the will, like that was me. However, I'd still hang around the outskirts of Nineveh
1: and Heavenly Father would provide me rations to survive on. You know, and and then I got so for, so frustrated
0: that I even thought about switching careers. And ironically, when I was thinking, when I was kind of had before I had this thought, Heavenly Father just said, "Be patient, be patient, be patient." And I wasn't, and it led to a, a very challenging experience. Well, I, I think for a long time, my my dad happens to be a seminary teacher, and. You know, It was something that he didn't want to do, and so I felt that I was going to have to be a seminary teacher because I didn't want to, whereas 10 years ago, I took a seminary class. Heavenly Father told me, this is not where you're supposed to be, and apparently I wanted to go back down the same rabbit hole. And he let me go down for about three months through one of the hardest experiences of my life because I
1: thought there was nothing more noble that I could do to serve God's children. And God told me no. Three months in, at the last possible moment, God told me
0: no, this is not your path. I don't know what you thought I said, but this is not your path. And it was unmistakable experience. That's how Heavenly Father works. If you're going down the wrong path, he gives you a
1: stop sign and it's unmistakable. Like, And I had
0: that experience another time with that stop sign where I dated this girl. And I wasn't terribly into her, but she was the first girl I'd really dated. I was super sheltered and super naive growing up. And I got all the way to being engaged before two weeks after I had this very, very profound experience. Where I was instructed to go to the temple immediately when I woke up. I went, and he told me very certainly, "This is not the girl for you." Basically, make your choice, whatever you want, but this is not for you. And that was super hard because I didn't want to go back. I mean, I was only 23 at the time. Like, you know, I, I realize how funny this sounds now, but at the time, it was not funny. I, I just wanted to be done. I wanted to be out of the game. I wanted to be out of the you know, the rat race, the experience, the the meat market. I don't know whatever you guys call it in Canada. And I am so glad that heavenly, I call that the best, the best, uh, the best decision I had ever made. You know, like, that's how it works. So he does, he gives us those stop signs so you don't have to go forward, half going forward, half going back. You can go forward with certainty, knowing that heavenly father will stop you if you're on the wrong path. But what happens when you actually are walking your path? Heavenly Father kind of like welcomes you aboard. He's like, hey, you're ready. Let's go. He's like, let's do this. And he starts providing you with so many cool experiences. You know, recently my colleagues and I were talking in a coaching master training program, and we were all joking about each other's like autobiographies, like what they were biographies, what they would be called. And people joked around that mine would essentially be called arguing with God and losing. And that's kind of what it's been. I mean, there's these things that Heavenly Father tells me to do, and I just don't do. I mean, even a year ago, like, this, this resistance thing has kind of been a theme in my life. And so a year ago, I was told to make this podcast happy and single. And, I mean, I already had a podcast mic. I had Heavenly Father gave me the exact name of, like, everything. He gave me everything I could need for this podcast. And he's like, go. And I'm like, yeah, No. I barely listen to podcasts. I mean, the only one I've really listened to is like maybe my mentors and this one called entrepreneur on fire, which tells cool entrepreneurship stories. But I've been listening to that in a long time. I'm like, I don't listen to podcasts. Why would anyone else want to listen to me talk? And, and it was interesting because about six months later, it was general conference. And I just felt this impression that I needed to start this podcast. And I, I just did not, I did not want to add one more thing to my plate. There's so many ways to grow, you know, your influence as a coach and influence, you know, sharing your message. I just didn't want to do this. And, and so I, I did, like, I actually put it on my calendar perfectly well knowing all I was going to do. I, I put explore podcast. I was going to look at other people's podcasts and not do anything different. In other words, I wasn't, I wasn't going to do it. And one more time, I was going to dodge Nineveh, be like, no, I'm good. (laughs) I'm going to go chill with the whale. And it was interesting because right about that time, I got this message from somebody on one of these articles that I wrote. And he just asked this very honest question, like, am I being too picky? You know, I've got a lot to say about that. Number one, I, I think everybody gets to choose. You get to choose your love and love your choice. And nobody should have any say except you in that. I mean, people can share with you their opinions, but I mean, I've had some crazy experiences there, but like that's, you know, so he wrote this and I just, for whatever reason, I happened to pull my mic out of my, out of my closet and I just sat down and I started recording what I, what I would say to this guy. You know, and, and so before I, I did this podcast, I was, you know, I was kind of like that book, Green Eggs and Ham. It's like, I, I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like them in a box. I will not eat them with a fox. I, I will not eat them with a house. I will not eat them with a mouse. And I did it for 20 minutes. And I went, I, I like green eggs and ham. I, I, will eat them with, I will eat them with a fox. I will eat them in a box. I will eat them in a house. I will eat them with a mouse. I loved it. I, I loved it so much that that morning, I, I think it was that morning, I started like recording immediately my first podcast. <laughs> so I, I joked that Heavenly Father baited me into doing what, like he, he knew that like that I could not not take that bait. And it's been so amazing. And, and the messages that I've received from people that have shared and been like, oh my goodness, you answered my prayers. You, you, you just, you helped me so much were amazing. Like, when I started to get a few of those, it was just like, whoa, okay, like, maybe I am doing something right instead of just talking to myself in a room. And that's how Heavenly Father works with you. He inspires you what to do. It's up to you whether you do it. I mean, if your life's working really, really, really well right now, cool. And if it's not working so well, I might want to think about it. You know, just and I share these things because I've learned and it's been such a huge blessing and opportunity. I mean, I was even, I was at a, at a word activity last night and somebody came up to me and they're like, Hey, my, my friend follows your podcast. And like, and I don't know her friend. And, and then she just like, and she shared so many cool things about it. And, and then my friend told her, she's like, I know him. And, and she's like, Oh no way. That's so cool. And I'm like, wow. Heavenly Father really wants us to be not just a light on a hill, but a fire on a hill, a bonfire on a hill. He wants us to be so light that we show the entire
1: world his love. I I love the EFY song, A Window to His Love. That's all I'm striving to be
0: in my life. I am not perfect. Please do please understand that. I'm not, I'm not trying to pretend I'm perfect. I I am very flawed and I have many hard experiences sometimes. But I do strive to be that because the more they see light in us, the more they're going to want to know whether it's in this life or the next. People are going to come asking questions. That is my honest thought. I had a beautiful experience just the other day because somebody heard so much about me talking about God in this coaching community that does not talk about God hardly at all, even though everything we do in coaching really is revelation. That Heavenly Father's teaching us, and she asked me about a, like an experience that she'd had, basically with God. It was just so cool; it was amazing. Heavenly Father has so many incredible pa- parts of your life and your journey. And so, like, how do we know what steps to take? The Spirit, Heavenly Father, has given us the Spirit. It speaks to us almost like a GPS. And I know it says in DNC 58, 26, 27, God's not meant to command in all things, but I actually think he does not command, but he invites us. Just like any well-meaning parent, if their kid comes up to him as like wanting help, getting on the right journey, and even what what are the next steps, and you know him, you're going to give him. And we have a perfect heavenly father, and he knows you, and he knows your steps, and he knows your journey, and he gives you turn-by-turn directions. But we don't use it, and, and we're, not com- we, we're not completely alone because Lehi himself, if you look in the probably verse, oh, it's probably like 6, 7, or 8 in First Nephi 8, that says, you know, ne- Lehi wandered around in darkness before he called on God. We all do it. We're all human.
1: And it's okay. It's totally okay that we're all human. You know, I like thinking of the spirit,
0: and, and sometimes I use the word inner voice and even inner knowing, just in case I cross over to my professional language that I use with some people that don't believe the same way that we do. Um, I liken it to Chronicles of Narnia, that very powerful Aslan-type voice, where Aslan, he tells what needs to
1: be done immediately, or he gives a message of peace or whatever he says. But we know it's the spirit like, and how do we know like the spirit's talking
0: to us? I think one of the most helpful things you know a former coach actually helped me decide was where I felt the spirit and where I felt the other voice, which <clears throat> you can call it the the adversary being being Satan, or even sometimes our own crazy thinking, like I call it the crazy our, our crazy leprechaun thinking. Because it's kind of like, there's, this actually comes from an episode of The Simpsons, where there's a leprechaun sitting on Ralph's shoulder. He's one of the, he's just like an off character. And it's like, I see a leprechaun, he tells me to burn things. So those kind of thoughts that just come to our head that we're like, no, that's not right. Or, oh, you know, I, I'm, I'm too whatever. Well, I'll get more into that in a minute. But then the, the most important voice that we can hear is the spirit. And the interesting thing is I've seen there's a sliding scale of basically revelation that leads to miraculous results. And as I'm sharing these experiences, I want you guys to think for yourselves of experiences that you've had. So I've had experiences that are tiny nudges. You know, one one t- one night, it was a Friday night, and I was just bored. Like honestly, I was just bored. I would not count this as a prompting, like that I knew was a prompting. And I just happened to call my buddy, and I was like, "Hey, man, are you uh like, you know?" And he hung, and he just hung up immediately. And so I just texted him, like, "Hey, what are you up to?" And he's like, "Oh, well, I just dropped off. I, I just, I'm in, I'm at the Florida airport, and I just dropped off um his his girlfriend." at the time, well, they had just broken up, but I didn't know that yet. And and I'm just like, well, I actually love helping people and serving people. So I just offered, I was like, dude, well, and, and actually, you know, he's, he's a good friend. So I wanted to know, or he's, he's a friend. So I wanted to know him. And I wanted to get to know his girlfriend a little bit better. So I was like, dude, do you, want to, do you also wanna pick her up at the airport? And he's like, yes. Well, I pick her up at the airport and she now she was not she was not a member of the church and I pick her up at the airport and so I can't help not go into coaching mode sometimes which sometimes just means being a really good listener it doesn't mean like telling people what to do it just means listening and really listening for what they're saying and I just heard something off and she shared you know she shared some stuff with me um you know they they just broken up when they got to the airport and she was super sad, but she didn't really believe the things that he believed, and she wasn't sure what to do. And so I actually offered her a blessing, and I went up to her apartment and gave her a blessing, and I, and I even invited her to read the Book of Mormon. We had this beautiful conversation. Well, very very long story short, um, that led to. Her and him talking, him sending her some more stuff on the church, her joining the church, which I, I got to be a part of for those missionary lessons. And, and it led to her getting baptized, them getting back together, and them getting married. That was a beautiful experience going to their wedding. They did it at a beautiful place up in Utah at a cabin um, up,
1: up in Sundance. And it was so beautiful to be a part of that. Because I, I mean, I had no
0: idea that that tiny, the tiniest of seeds of, oh, hey, I'm bored.
1: Why not call, why not call my friend? That's how it works. The spirit can be so subtle
0: and lead to something so beautiful. Now, on the other hand, I've had experiences where it's just like, you know, you know immediately that you have to do something. Like I back in, so I've been in the Hokemore pageant seven times, but back in 2012, I was kind of feeling a little bit that I was supposed to be there. My parents were feeling a little bit of, that I was supposed to be there. And I can't remember if I brought it up to them or they brought it up to me. I, I really don't remember. And, uh, but one of us brought it up to the other person and they base. And so I pr- basically prayed about it and they said, Hey, well, this was in June, the pageant starts in July. not to mention, well, I, I'll, I'll share some of the other details in a video, but like this was like last, last, last minute. We're talking less than a month till pageant starts, and the odds of me getting in are insane. and I just you know, basically we decided that i pray about it. If it was the right thing, my parents would help me financially to be able to go and be in the pageant. And so I prayed about it and got. An absolute yes like the absolute yes where you just feel your entire body overwhelmed i didn't have to go to the temple probably cuz i didn't have time because i said this was this was so time urgent because i'd put off so many other promptings so then it became more urgent that's how it really works sometimes when our promptings get more and more urgent it's like hey you haven't listened for this long come on get with it and I I write an email to my friend who I'd known from being in the pageant years past. And he's like, Joseph, I don't know what you think you're doing, but this is the 75th anniversary of the pageant. We already have way more people than we need. And basically there's no way you're getting in. It's a month before pageant. But if you want to try, then you can email this guy. So unlike the Michael Neal experience that I shared before, where I wouldn't even email these gatekeepers, um, I just emailed. I emailed the pageant presidency and they emailed me back a week later. I still remember when I got the email because I was working out at the
1: gym and I just picked up my phone and saw it and it said, Joseph, we don't do this. We never do this. But you were supposed to be a part of our cast. You were supposed to be a part of our cast. And you
0: know that led to some you know, glorious experiences where, I mean, I really, I, I worked out super hard so I could be Nephi and every, and people around me kept saying, you know, you'd make a good layman. And I'm like, what What are you trying to say? And well, funny enough, they, they do a, a mini audition at the pageant. And I was, you know, I was kind of called out. They kind of just pick on like, you know, structure and like facial features and stuff of, and, and on the spirit, of course. And so I was pulled out and then this like little 17 year old kid was pulled out. And like, this is like one, these are like the main roles. Like you have like 17 plus minutes of stage time, which is like a third of the entire pageant or something crazy like that. And and, and so these are main roles. And this little kid is like over there and I'm like, who's that kid? What's he doing? Well, they do this mini audition where you're supposed to say like, touch me not. And I was going for like the whole touch me not. But that's not how it came out. I'm I'm not going to do it here because I don't want to scream on you guys. But it's like, touch me not. And it was done like so emphatically, so powerfully. And it rocked the entire, if you guys have ever been to Palmyra, that entire grass bowl area, everybody heard me. And I was like, oh, crap. That was not Nephi. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my goodness. What have I done? Well, I get the tag that I'm kind of expecting I'm going to get at this point. And it says, battle layman. which. You know, it turned out to be an amazing and super, super cool role. And, and then it was this little kid got battle, battle Lemuel. like A little kid,
1: 17-year-old, getting that is insane. But it turned out that was the experience that I needed. And that was the experience that he needed. He came back active in the church. And he actually went and served a mission. I didn't know that. I was too busy stuck in my own stuff of not figuring out my life in the six months since I'd been done with college. But Heavenly Father knew. And Heavenly Father knows you. What if I say no to those experiences? What if I never call my friend? What if I never go to pageant? I miss out on some of the most glorious experiences and friendships that I've ever had.
0: Heavenly Father is striving to give away the secrets of the
1: universe to you. He really is. It's up to you whether you decide to be be like I
0: have been plenty of my life and be more Jonah and just chilling around the the skirts of Nineveh. And he's like, no, just go in. Just do what I tell you to do. And you'll be able to actually really, really enjoy your life instead of just straight by on the outskirts of Nineveh.
1: And the times that I have listened to the spirit. You know, and, and I think sometimes we don't listen to the spirit because we don't,
0: we don't understand, like, how it's supposed to work. It's like we pray for answers, but Heavenly Father does not give us our answers in the way we think we we want. He doesn't hand us a book and be like, oh, cool, read the end of this. And it's like, oh, well, this is how this works out. Oh, cool. Well, yeah, I'll start now. He just hands us little cue cards, almost like in a movie. He just hands us the next card. The same way a GPS does.
1: It doesn't tell you. You're going to turn left, and then it's two miles. You're going to turn right. And then in three miles, you're going to go straight. He doesn't do that. He just gives us the next step. There's a beautiful song from
0: Frozen. Yes, I do love Disney. Judge me if you may. You can even see like the feet of my uh, Mickey Mouse little guy up there. Uh, But it says, take the next right step. Do the next right thing. The promptings that you receive don't have to look right. As long as you know and feel the spirit telling you that that's what your next step is, take it. Now, Just this past week, it, you guys are familiar with the Hilcomore pageant. It got closed entirely. Not even a last run through, which I was actually supposed to be part of in uh, this 2021 cast not even anything. And I just felt, I'd been, I'd felt six months ago that I was supposed to create a website designed to capture the miracles of Kimura, because there's some fascinating miracles, which I don't have time to get into, but of just designing a website called Miracles at Kimura. And I put off everything that I needed to do to get that done. And then Heavenly Fathers basically says, well done. Well, now there's going to be an entire website dedicated to all the miracles of Kimura, you know, based on whoever decides to share their miracles. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It only matters that you're following the Spirit. That's it. I call it, even with my, with my, in my professional life with my clients, there is a trump card. Whenever God says, do something, you do it.
1: And whenever he says, don't do something, you don't do it. You know, but but so often we get, we struggle
0: and, you know, we struggle to be able to decipher the spirit and not the spirit because the adversary tries to pretend to be the spirit. We're like, oh, is this coming from God or is this coming from somewhere else? The only thing Satan cannot do is give you peace. That is the only thing that did not happen in that experience that I described of exploring that seminary teaching route. That was the only thing I didn't experience. I experienced the burning in the bosom. I experienced sensations. I experienced all kinds of crazy things. But I never got peace, ever. I actually, when I was sitting in the classes on the seminary stuff, I got the absence of peace. When I was doing like, you know, a little bit of student teaching, Like, he even let me realize that, hey, this is not where you even want to be. I just wanted to sit around and study scriptures all day and get paid for it. Like, that's probably more what I wanted. But Heavenly Father had a different mission in store for me. But I learned, I had to learn how the adversary messed with me. You know, in the Book of Mormon, it says they had infirmities of mine. And in one of the general authorities talks a while back, He talked to being on his mission and having this course of just all these people or like these these two voices talking. And he he had to decipher which one was the right one at the end of the course. He realized that he followed the the wrong voice the entire time and it troubled him. But it can be so easy because he pretends to be the spirit. Satan's
1: not gonna come to you and be like, hey, Tom, go kill this man. He's not. He's going to mess with you. But when we understand how he works and that he can't give peace, all we have to do is check in with
0: the spirit. Hey, am I feeling peace? Am I feeling this is the right path? We just like, you know, I, I did this crazy thing. We, we repelled off an apartment building just uh, probably six months ago or something. It was crazy. It was nuts. And we, were, and we were anchored to the back of trucks. But I checked in with the spirit and I'm like, am I okay? is this a good choice? Or is this something really silly that we're doing really late at night? And it was like, no, you're okay. You're with people that know what they're doing. You're going to be fine. And it was such a cool experience. It was, I mean, I rappelled off an apartment building in the middle of the city. How cool is that? I felt like Batman, you know, walking up and down the building. Like it was awesome. But Satan pretends to be the spirit. He seeks to destroy you through thought. He's like, We have these thoughts pop up in our head and we think they're
1: ours, but they're not. It's like, Joseph, you're ugly. Joseph, you're fat. Joseph, you're single. Well, if we just turn metaphorically and say, oh, well, there's that thought that I'm fat.
0: There's that thought that I'm ugly. There's that thought that I'm single. What was I working on? What was I creating? What mission was I creating for Heavenly Father that Satan is trying to distract me from? You know, sometimes we sit around and I liken it to Splash Mountain. Like, you know, we go on Splash Mountain and we get frustrated that it doesn't go. It's, it's a ride at Disneyland for anyone that hasn't been there. But it takes 10 minutes. Our life and, every, and Heavenly Father knows every step of our life that's going to happen because he knows past, present, and future. Well, there's nothing we can do to make it go faster, but there's plenty we can do to make it go go slower. We can jump out of the tiny log. We can play in the water. We can jump out and beat up the animatronics. There's nothing we can do to make it go faster, you know. And and instead, sometimes it's it's also like we sit at the gate of this ride, pining for this opportunity to be married. You know, this let's say there's a, a park or another ride that only single that only married people can ride. And we just sit there waiting and waiting, wanting and wanting this. The way you're going to get what you want on your journey is by giving Heavenly Father what he wants you to have and serving the people that he wants you to serve. I have done so much joy the more I've turned to Heavenly Father and said, okay, cool, this is your thing. This is your work. I mean, even funny, it's funny, people ask me like, about the podcast, I'm like, oh, we. I say the word we. And they're like, oh, who's who?
1: And I'm like, well, me and Heavenly Father, because it's his podcast. It's not me. Heavenly Father is the one creating all the amazing things in your life. I did this recent
0: visualization where I just kind of noticed and and I saw for myself. Like I imagine accomplishing all the things that I wanted to accomplish. And some little kid asking me, how did you do it? And I said, I didn't. This was all Heavenly Father. I just kept showing up. And he's like, take this cue card. Take this cue card. Take this cue card. Take this cue card. Yeah, the more we understand that, and the more you understand you don't have to mess with the adversary. Lehi said it best in 1 Nephi 8. He said, we heeded him not. You know, if you had an, a niece or nephew, or if you've got your own kids, and they were hiding behind a trash can over, over that way, and you saw them there, you got a couple choices. You can be like, I see you, you're right there, or I
1: see you, you're right there, get out,
0: or but when both of those take energy, and they
1: distract you from what you're doing, or you can say, oh, I see you, you're right there. You know, I think that's
0: kind of how it was when we see in the scriptures where, you know, Adam and Eve really realized who the
1: adversary was. They're like, oh, I see you. You're right there. And the more we feel the Spirit, the more we know the Spirit,
0: the more that you're going to be able to stay on that right path.
1: And I know sometimes the path can feel really hard. And but you can turn to heavenly father in those
0: experiences and he will be there for you. He will be there with you and he will begin to open up a journey for you that you can't even begin to imagine. It's almost like when, when we say to heavenly father, all right, we're on board, let's go. He's like, Oh, cool. Okay. So go do this for me. But by the way, you haven't played ice hockey in a really long time because you've been injured. I want you to go play. Oh, you haven't taken care of yourself. You haven't gone and spent time relaxing. Oh, here's this really cool book I want you to read. That's how it works. If you learn nothing from this, but better when you feel the spirit in your body.
1: And I mean, even now, like when do you feel the spirit in your body? And when do you feel it's like trying to be the
0: spirit, but it's not the spirit. Almost like the adversary trying to mess with you. For me. It's, it's in the back of my neck that I feel the Spirit, and it just like washes over me, depending on, you know, the power of the experience. And the other one, the crazy leprechaun thinking kind of occurs more over here in the back of my neck to the side. If you can figure that out for yourself, you know when the Spirit's speaking to you, it will guide you and lead you to the most incredible, amazing journey that you could possibly be
1: on. You know, I I feel like we've reached the place where Heavenly Father wants us to wrap up. So I want to leave you with my testimony. I have
0: lived a life where I haven't followed the Spirit near as much as I should have. It led to a lot of frustration, heartache, and sadness. And now that I feel I'm on the path that Heavenly Father wants me to be on, I can't even begin to tell you the amazing, incredible blessings that I have experienced in my life. And I know as you seek to hear the Spirit, to hear the word of the Lord, and to hearken to what he wants you to do, you will be amazed at the experiences that you will have in your life. I know
1: Jesus is the Christ. I love him. I'm so grateful for him and his
0: sacrifice. I'm so grateful for his mercy and his patience with me. I've mysteriously not being in the temples and feeling his presence. But even in the parking lot, you can go to the temple and feel the spirit. And even if you're not close to a temple, you can still feel his spirit and his love.
1: His love is always there and it surrounds you. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.